Good morning. Are we all okay? You know, I often say this, if you're not okay, then God's good. And uh, keep trusting God through your difficulties. And God is faithful. And he's good. Amen. And uh, one day he's going to wrap it all up. And it's all going to be good. So that's what we look forward to. That's the hope that we have. So it's great to see you this morning. Thanks for coming. Thanks for taking the time out to be in church. Um, I am very excited about this morning. I've been excited about this morning for about 18 months. Um, you know, to keep, not a secret, but to keep something on your heart for 18 months isn't easy when you're excited about it. It's like, you know, imagine having a child and then you can't tell anybody. It's like, oh no, we can't tell anybody. You do that for three months. We'll keep it until it's, and then when it comes out, it's like, no, we can't tell anybody. That's how I've been for 18 months. So all you pregnant ladies, I know how you feel. Try 18 months. It's harder. I'm just kidding. But you know, when God starts to do something in you, you know, and to birth something, you know, it's very exciting. But it's only exciting if we all catch hold of it. It's only exciting if we have ears to hear and we apply what God's doing and we follow the move of God in our lives. Otherwise, we sit there going, that's okay, that's all words, but actually that's not for me. But when we embrace the voice of God and what God is saying to us and we follow him, God has such an adventure for us. He really does. He, he doesn't take things away. He adds to our lives. He brings increase and abundance. And I'm excited this morning because I'm bringing a vision and I believe it's where God wants to take us. I, I've had this on my heart for, like I said, 18 months. You know, and when me and Sarah have been leading the church, I think it's five years next month, a couple of weeks' time, it'll be five years since we've led this church. Okay? Come on, God's good, Amen. Do you know what? It's not easy. I'll tell you now. I've done some jobs and I've done some things. You know, I've been through some pain. Leading this is the hardest thing I've ever done. So we need encouragement, right? But we'll need it for five years. And when we took on the church, we grabbed hold of the church kind of six years ago. We grabbed hold of it for 12 months. And, um, you know, people said to me when you took on the church, are you changing the name? People from across this nation you know, this church had a name across the nation, and people would say, are you changing the name? And on my heart, I was like, no, I don't feel to change the name. I don't feel to change the name. But there was external pressure, and then I started to internalize that, oh, I need to change the name of the church. And I'm like, no, I don't need to change the name of the church. The church, I like breathe. So all I've ever communicated, I don't know if you notice, is breathe. I've never really said breathe city church. I've always said breathe, and that's what I felt on my heart to say. I've never used the language BCC. Some of you may use that language, and that's okay. But I've only ever had this name coming out of me, breathe. Breathe. Does anybody notice that? Most people who come into the church now, you'll probably call the church breathe. You probably won't call it Breathe City Church. Or you won't call it BCC. You might, but most of you will say, I'm going to breathe. Are you hearing that? Because you're coming in, and you're picking up the language, what's on my heart. And it's a journey for us to journey forward. And about 18 months ago... I began to come up with this phrase, and I've used the phrase for a long time, so this isn't going to be alien for you. You're going to know what I'm going to say. And I really felt on my heart, we need to change, and we need to change the name of the church. And this phrase that I've used, and it's, like I say, you're going to know what it is. We're going to change the name to this name that is on my heart. But I felt to change, and it makes sense, and I'm going to explain why it makes sense to us in a bit. But we're going to name the church a new name. Is that exciting? So we're going to be changing the name of the church from today to Breathe New Life. That's the name of our church. (laughs) 
and uh, you, you, you'll see, look, we've got a little logo. Oh, I really like this logo. It's like a breath. Are you getting it? Look at them this morning, the green. See the breath? The breath comes and it brings new life. Okay, and we're going to look at that in a little bit in, a, in my devotion in a bit. But I just want to talk about this year, our focus is about becoming Breathe New Life. Okay, that's our focus. So you have to embrace this. You have to say, yes, I'm a part of what God's doing. I'm a part of this church, and I'm going to come on the journey of becoming Breathe New Life. Okay, I'm not trying to get you to be something that you're not. We want you to be you. I believe God breathes new life into you. Okay, that's what he does. I'm going to explain that a little bit later. But I want you to grab hold of this and become a part of becoming Breathe New Life. So I'll just go over us as a church. For those of you who don't know, our purpose as a church hasn't changed. We just kind of reworded it a little bit. Breathe New Life exists to love God. Would you agree on that? Can we journey with that together? We agree. And to love people, can we agree on that? We're not always good at it, but can we agree on it? We need to try our best. And to make disciples. So to go and breathe new life takes a journey. It takes, it takes time for me to walk in what God has promised. It doesn't just happen. Oh, I want the new life. Well, okay, God promises you a new life. Will we go on a journey together to walk in it so we can have the new life? Does that make sense? And that's what discipleship is, becoming disciplined, putting Jesus at the center of your heart. I'm going to touch on that in a minute. That's taken from two scriptures, Matthew 22 and from Matthew 28, well-known scriptures that we use. Our vision, what we're communicating, hasn't changed. We're not changing our vision this morning, okay? Our vision is still, we see people who love, grow, and serve. Can we agree on that? We're happy with that. So you're still with me on that? It's your vision for you to love people, to love God. It's still your vision. You become the vision to grow. You choose to grow or not to grow. And also, to serve. We believe in serving. Jesus came to serve. So how do we outwork this? You say, well, yeah, that's great, but what do I do? I believe I'm going to give you five things now. This is bringing some clarity to us as a church. These are the five things we do as a church. I believe Jesus exemplified these five things if you look at them. And if you put these in your life, I believe not only will you grow and mature as an individual, but the church will grow and become healthy as well. So it's about you becoming mature and and being disciplined and growing and maturing into what God has for you. But it's about the church then growing and becoming healthy. You grow, that's one pathway. I'm, I'm, I'm committed to this, but it's also you're committed to everybody else in the body. So we get healthy you, we get healthy church. That's the hope and that's what we're trying to do. It's not always easy because people bring mess and we've all got issues. But here's are five things I believe that we need to do in order to become the church. First one is this, Jesus-centered. Be committed in your life to putting Jesus first. The Bible says, love the Lord with God with all your heart, all your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. The first thing we need to do is to love God. And by the way, we don't earn that love. We receive that love. If we're trying to earn the love, Jesus is not at the center. You're at the center. Makes sense. It's by grace and grace alone we receive the love of God. And we're going to look on that a little bit later about name change. It's that that changes our name, not us that changes our name. Jesus comes and changes us. We don't change us. Okay? So here's the deal. Jesus centered at the start and through the journey. It's not just I'm committing to Jesus now. You're committed to Jesus and his teachings all the rest of your life till the day you die. It's you following Jesus. Okay? Have you got that one? Can we agree on that one? 
I'm going to this year put Jesus first in my life. Now, that's going to have an outworking. What does that look like? Well, my marriage, my finances, my, how I relate to people, how I put his teachings, I forgive. All of that, that's your journey, and we're going to help you to our best to help you do that. Second one is this, rooted. Oh, sorry, I should have showed that image. If we go back, have you got that image that I had as a vision? I sketched that. Do you like that? Take me about 30 seconds, don't get too excited, right? I sketched this because this was the vision. I'm a visual person. This is what I saw. And these five things come out of this vision. So Jesus-centered is the river. It's about being in Christ, baptized in Christ. I'm committed to Christ, right? Jesus, you can't get into fruitfulness without Jesus. Does that make sense? Jesus says, you can't do anything without me. You can't do anything of eternal without me. You can't produce fruit of the eternal, the kingdom, without me. Jesus has to come first. Secondly, if you look at the trees, the trees were rooted. So if we go to those next, that next, the trees' roots were going down. This is about discipleship. This is about, right, Jesus is first in my heart. Now I'm committed to follow him and become a disciple. And in doing this, we find our identity in him, not in us. We find freedom that he offers us and we're, and on a, we're becoming more and more and growing into who he wants us to be. Is it, are we agreeing on this? So Jesus-centered, I'm committed to that. Second thing, I'm committed to being rooted in Jesus, in the word of God. By the way, the word of God is God-breathed. The Bible says it's God-breathed. That means it has power to change your life. If you listen to it and apply it, it brings new life. So when we're talking about rooted, we're talking about rooted in Jesus. His words bring life. They have power. They have breath. Become rooted. Second thing is this. We're together. On this journey to become what God wants us to become as a church, we've got to be in this together. It's not about a singular, single person fulfilling their vision. It's about God's vision as the church, the family of God, loving one another, encouraging one another, serving one another. It's all the one another's that the Bible says. Paul teaches time and time again, we need to one another. Okay? I've led the church five years. I need some one another as in here because it's hard work. We need encouragement. It's about, I'll look at this in a minute, about lifting up, not about putting down. In the New Testament. So we need to one another and love, serve, support one another personally and corporately. Are we still agreeing on these? Are you with these? Okay, the next one is broad. By the way, all the trees were together. They were all watching and protecting each other in the vision. You know, the wind comes, the difficulties come. They're all standing and standing their ground and protecting one another in the faith. Got it? All the trees are together. Okay, the, the third, third one, fourth one is this broad. So each tree was strong. Yes, its roots were going down, but it had a broadness to it. In other words, this is about your gift, your talent, who you are being developed so that you can serve others. Are you listening to that? So you have a gift in your life. It could be a gift of teaching. It could be a gift of administration. It could be any gift that you have. And that gift needs to be used and developed so that you can bring, you can become fruitful. It could be at work. It could be at the church. It can be in your home. It's anywhere you are to serve people. 
Parents, you have a gift to love your kids. That is your first call. Develop that skill. We're doing a parenting course. Develop the skill to parent and to be the best and to go broader and learn from other people. I'm growing broader. Do you get it? So you've got a responsibility with the gifts on your life to find out what they are. You don't always know them until you begin to do things and apply things and learn. But you have a gift that God gives you and you have a responsibility to develop that gift so that you can bear fruit, okay, and live an abundant life. Got it? So if you go, all oh, work hard and earn money, you're going to bring in some money. We prosper. If you don't work hard and earn money, we won't prosper. You won't prosper. We won't prosper. Got, got it? Make sense. You've got to discover what that is and develop that gifting in your life so you can become, you, you, you can be enabled to help others in the church, but at home and work and so forth. So then the last one, which they all interconnect. It's not isolated things. They're all working together, these things. The last one is this. It's we are far reaching. The trees went as far as the eye could see. They just kept going and 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 going. That's Jesus' heart for the lost, for those who, are, who don't know where they are in this world. We've got to have a heart for the lost. We've got to be evangelists. We've got to be people where we are with good news. We've got to be celebrating the good news of Jesus because he's the center of our hearts. We've got to be witnessing our workplace that we've got life, a new life. Oh, work's hard work. That's not an evangelist. You've not grasped the good news of Jesus if you're moaning about work and everything else. Jesus wants to empower you with the Spirit so that you can have good news in your heart so when you go work, you can be an evangelist. i got good news. You're not just going work, you're being an evangelist. You're far-reaching. You got it? Now, I'm not saying it's easy because life is hard and work is hard and we get under things and disappointment and discouragement. But ultimately, if Jesus is at the center and you've got good news, you're now an evangelist. You're now a carrier of the good news of Jesus Christ. We're all here to be equipped as evangelists to do the work of an evangelism. Evangelist. Work of evangelism. (laughs) Makes sense. Are you hearing my heart? See, this is Jesus. Was Jesus far-reaching? Of course he was. He didn't have to come. He was far-reaching. So you, to grow into the fullness of God, need to develop and mature so that you too become far-reaching like Jesus. So that we breathe new life. The breath of God is breathing new life. Life. You're thinking, I can't do this. No, you can't do this. But Jesus can do this. When you surrender and put him at the center and understand his grace and his empowerment, it's not you that does it, Jesus does it. And we'll look at that in a minute of what can happen when Jesus is in your life. Okay, is that making sense? Jesus centered, rooted, together, the trees were broad, and they were far-reaching. That's who we are as a church. I want to encourage you this year, you become a part of this church. These are the things that we're committed to doing. You individually to mature and grow, but also us as a church then are going to grow if you have these five things working in your life. Jesus had these five things working in his life. The Father was at the center, would you agree? He knew the word of God, the Father. He knew what he said. He lived a disciplined life. Would you agree? Did he use his gifts and talents to the best of his ability? I think he did. Was he an evangelist? And did he fellowship with brothers? And even those people didn't like, he fellowship with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's the body of Christ. So for us to become the body of Christ, we've got to identify, we've got to make our words come out right. We've got to identify what made Christ mature and us identify them and apply them in our lives so that we can grow and mature and become the body of Christ. 
They're called the five-fold ministries if you want to check them up in Ephesians. I mean, are you hearing me? You have to learn from an evangelist. You have to learn from a teacher. You have to be trained and learn and become the fullness of God. Are you still with me? Does anybody want to go on that journey? And our core values haven't changed as a church. I believe these are God's values. There's three core values that we have as a church. Passion, freedom, and kindness. And all of you will relate to some of them in some way. Passion, freedom, and kindness. I don't want to go too much into those. They're a part of my values. They're a part, I believe, God's values. And they're what we want in this church. We want to see a people that are free. We want to see a people that are passionate about what they do. And we want to see a people that show kindness, go out of their way, is my phrase, for one another. So practically, I know some people think, well, what, what, what are we going to do this year? Just some simple things. The main thing for me is becoming that. And we'll work that through our teams. We'll work that through small groups. We'll, we'll communicate as a church. All of those five things we'll teach on in this year. We want to encourage you to embrace this vision, what God has for us. Here's some things we're going to do then, practically. Becoming Breathe New Life. We're going to look at equipping people. We're going to put courses on for people. We're going to speak and train and teach on these areas for you to um, receive them and put them into place. We're going to bring in guest speakers. I've got one coming in in two weeks. Two weeks? Three weeks? 17th, I've got a guy coming over from Canada. Okay, he has a ministry. I'm going to bring him in. So we're going to look at doing that. We're putting on new courses. We're also in the teams and the things that we do create opportunities to reach others. That's what we're about, is it not? So we'll put reach events on. So the women, they do their events. We put reach events on. You know this is a reach event. Bring people. We're doing Alpha. You need to be thinking, who can I bring to Alpha? It's a reach event. It's not for the Alpha people to do. It's for us to to make the Alpha happen. It's for us to be thinking, who am I praying for? Who am I thinking about? Who am I going to reach? Who am I going to bring in and tell the good news? We're all a part as a body of helping these ministries happen. Reach events through all the ministries that we do. The men are going to do something where we put something on as a reach event. We're also going to be looking at continuing, although we haven't started, we, we, we've done a lot behind the scenes this last 12 months to make the building. For those who weren't here, we're going to create a room, an extension in the cafe, uh, a multi-purpose room because we need more space that we can use for kids and various things. The price of that is actually more than we first predicted. So we need some more money. Um, and we're going to stage stage it so that we can do it in stages, okay? I think we've got uh, 30,000 at the moment, which sounds a lot of money, does it not? We've got 30,000 in saving for the building. It's still there. We've not spent it. But we'll need well over 30,000, well over 100,000 to do that room and what we want to do. So we're going to be staging it, and you'll start to see this probably next, I don't know, six months, things start to happen with the toilets and different things that we want to do. Um, we're also going to do missions trip so there's a team of guys behind the scenes that are working to do a missions trip now I don't just want that team to go on a missions trip I want us as a church to embrace the mission trip I want us all be involved and how we're going to do that we're going to look at doing fundraising this year so we'll do fundraising for missions and we'll do fundraising for building work so that we're building community here but we're also helping to build community there does that make sense So this year, look for opportunities. We'll do it as a church. We'll let you know. Don't just go off and do anything because that needs to be accountable with you having money and accounting and all that. We'll do things as a church and let you know what we're going to suggest we can do. 
if you want to do things, you can, but you need to work with us. So we're going to be looking at raising money for building work here and building, building community over there. Does that make sense? So there's a lot for you to think about there. The band are waiting for me now. Is this making sense? Are you on board? Are you excited? You know, in a minute, I'm going to preach about Breathe New Life. Okay? But I just want you to process that. We're going to sing a song about Glorious Day. We're going to give you a booklet. You like that booklet? It's a journal, so you can write my, you can write my preaching there in a minute. And do you know what? If you haven't got a pen, we can give you a pen. <laughs> write it down. You want vision? The Bible says write it down. Write it down. In here, it's got, it explains what the vision is. So if you've already made notes, that's okay. You've got notes twice. Well done. You get two house points. Right? It explains that, and then, and then in there, you can take notes. Okay? So we're going to give you all one of those now. Are we ready? Is that okay? Anything else you want me to say? Have I done it all?